This episode of the Morning Skate is brought to you by Laga Sports. Laga Sports specializes in making 100% custom, fully sublimated uniforms and apparel for a variety of sports, but they're known for the premium quality and creativity of hockey jerseys. They have a one-price, any-design policy. It doesn't matter if you're looking for a simple NHL style or if you're wanting to create jerseys that look like Rebel Fighters from Star Wars. The price will always be the same, and the design of possibilities are endless. Check them out at lagasports.com. That is lagasports.com. L-A-G-A-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. Own your look, own the game. You'll lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow, up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Saturday, November 10th, it's Cat here with Hal. This is the third time we've fucking done this. Uh... Yeah, it's Saturday night. You, you you hear that in the background? Yeah. Uh, how how you doing, buddy? I'm good, dude. How you doing? I'm okay. Tell, how was your week? Tell me all about it. Anything happened exciting? Soft, dude. It was just one of those weeks where you just literally hate everything. Um, but I had a really good Saturday night for some reason. Also, uh, I think the listeners need to know what's your drink of choice nowadays. It's not my drink of choice, but I, I've had a couple couple glasses of white wine tonight, so just really classing it up, being a classy bitch over here. Yeah, pinky in the air, dude. What what brand? How much was that bottle, dude? All right, so I went out to dinner tonight, and I think the bottle was like 60 or like 70 bucks or something like that, which is absurd. I didn't even know that it existed. So I, I only had a glass, and I had a glass of sangria. I had a nice little, nice little dinner. I had some tapas. If any Spanish listeners are listening, you guys know what that is. For us Americans, it means an appetizer. Uh, it was pretty good. I went over to Boca. If you guys are ever in Saratoga, check that place out. It's the real deal. And uh, are you a ta- are you a tapas tapas guy, dude? No, I'm not. This Just, is a, the first time I've ever been to Boca. Give me a full size plate. There's well, always like yeah. So it was different. It. it was different. So like. This week was restaurant week, so all the restaurants at downtown had, like, deals and shit. So everything was, like, relatively, like, inexpensive, but you got to pick, like, an It's weird. You get an app, an entree, and a dessert, except for when you go to this place, it's pretty much all apps. I, I don't even know what I had. It was, like, a fucking stuffed pepper with beans, and then, like, we had some calamari, some chicken, and, like, these home fry things. They were awesome. So it was a decent time, and you're right about this week. This week was brutal, dude. Like, after Monday... I was so convinced that it was, like, Thursday because Monday took that long to end. This week was just a week from fucking hell. But, like like you said, I had a pretty good Saturday, too. So that's going good. Uh, before we get into it, I just want to give a quick shout-out to my co-host, Hal. He's back on the blog grind. He reviewed a book. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? No, not really. So, um, one, I want to thank the listeners out there for supporting my blogs. Uh, first blog in... All three of them. <laughs> How long? When was, last time, when was the last time I wrote a blog? You uh, you had a draft up there about the Rangers wanting to sign Panarin or something like that, like back in September. And then I think the one before that, you were like chirping some TSN analyst about Pasternak holding out, which was like last year. So it's been like a year. Um, one retweet, five likes. I think I came in at, I spent like 25 minutes on it. So probably back out of the blog game for a little bit. Uh Read a book, dude. It was pretty good, though. All right. What was the name of the book? I don't know. I have it here. Honestly, it wasn't that great of a book. It was basically "That's Not Hockey" by Andre Poole, and it's twenty-nine pages long. Uh, some French lady sent us the book to Biz Dev Dale so that can someone read it. I gave it my best shot. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, dude. It was 29 pages. My blogger wrote that was the perfect length for me. I probably actually read seven pages. I just looked at the pictures and figured out what happened. Uh, Chalk plant got smashed in. 
He wore a mask. People chirped him. He won Stanley Cups. No one cared. The end. Can I give you my two favorite things about that blog? My first one was the fact that you said the one guy looked like he owned a gelato shop. I actually laughed out loud at work when I, when I read that. And then the second one was the guy who wrote the book. I think his name was Andre, but in the blog you said his name was Andrew. And I thought that was pretty funny. Andrew? Yeah, you said, yeah, you said his name was Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to do that, so no disrespect to Mr. Poulin, but I was probably just, uh, <laughs> I had a beer or two that day, so. Yeah, all right, well, everybody knows, everybody knows what's happening at NHL in the news, we have our fucking segments, Three Stars is back this week, Patty Ballantyne left us a voicemail, so let's hop right into it, NHL news, let's go. <laughs> All right, before we get into NHL in the news, I just want to say Carter Hutton now has six wins on the year. Uh, so that's six out of 20, three out of 10, 30% of the way, 33.33% of the way to his, uh, wait, is that right? That's not right. That's right. Right? Yeah, 33% of the way to 20 wins, so that's good for me. Uh, what do you have on that? Are you feeling a little bit more nervous now that he's got six wins? He's climbing. Yeah, I mean... What I've come to realize is this is just an up and down experience. Um, I have no comment on Cutter Hutton this week. Uh, what do you have? What was that? What do you have? Two wins? Yeah, two two wins this week. Bounce back. Whatever, man. Their best their best defenseman or Mr. Salinen's like a minus thirty five right now. So the goals are going to keep coming in, and Carter Hutton nineteen wins on the year. Count it. Okay. Oh, did that? Uh, did we have a blog? Do we have a betting blog now? Or yeah, we have a po- we have a podcast called the Betting Crasher. So Papa, uh, his his buddy James and Harjan, they're going to be doing uh, gambling type blogs. We released the first one Thursday. Hopefully, you guys liked it. And yeah, if you want to follow along, I think I think Papa makes like pretty good money gambling. Honestly, so I would just kind of follow and see what he's doing. James, I'm not entirely sure. I played both hockey. Hockey with both of them. Chains is a little bit of a wild card. But, uh, I mean, you know Chains. You remember in, like, 2009 when you guys were going to start Fishbowl Entertainment? Yeah, yeah. That was, those were the glory days. But let's not, let's not talk, let's not talk about that anymore. We have way more shit to talk about. No, let's talk about it, dude. What happened? What happened? the Conway. So, for those who don't know, Charlie Conway had a nice fishbowl in the Mighty Ducks. They had a YouTube channel called Charlie Conway's Fishbowl. They made two videos. Uh, I don't know what the point of the videos were, and they were going to take it to the moon. So, what was that going to be? I do. To tell you the truth, I don't know. Back then, I was just leaving videos to everybody. That was, like, my go-to. I used to, like, lip-sync songs and post them on chicks' walls, and for some reason, they liked it. That was, like, kind of, like, my bread and butter. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I don't know what I was thinking there. 2009 was a wild time. In 2018, you, at 2 o'clock in the morning, you started lip-syncing a song and put it on a girl's Facebook page. You'd probably get a restraining order out against it. Yeah, but 2009, it was like, yeah, yes, please. So, I don't know. We have tons of talk. We have tons <laughs> right, of talk. About it. Yeah, so, uh, Chicago fired Coach Quenville. Uh, this is huge news because this guy was a legend. He was 452-249-96 regular season record, 76-52 and 52 in the postseason. And uh, as the second winningest coach in NHL history with 890 wins, won three cups. Ever since they fired him, the Blackhawks have lost. I mean, they lost with him, but right now the Blackhawks have lost seven games in a row. Uh, our one blogger, Pat, is not too thrilled about it. We had uh, Matt. Fornatero on, and he knows the new head coach. He said he's a really good guy, that he could figure it out, but right now it doesn't look like it's happening. So what do you, what do you have on the Coach Q thing? I think there's a lot to break down, like new coach, where's Coach Q going to go? I mean, he's he's a Hall of Famer. He, the guy knows what the fuck to do. Um, I don't, what do you have on this? First on the initial hiring, uh, or firing, rather, Coach Q, uh, legend, Unbelievable coach. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame for sure. Um, but with that said, it's not like they're sick or anything like that. Like, I under, like I respect Coach Q, and I think he's a – the Blackhawks aren't winning a cup this year. Um, maybe things go, things go stale sometimes. It's not always a knock on the coach. I feel like in the NHL, like if you have a coach for more than like 10 years, like – you're doing something wrong. Like I think eventually you do have to let them go. Now this is not 
this is not putting the blame on Quenville at all. And this is not saying that Scott Bowman's a genius for doing this. I'm just saying, I don't think it's like the craziest move in the world. No, I agree with that. I think, I think, I think he kind of nailed it, right? Like I feel like an NHL coach's timeline, they don't normally last this long. And, but the thing about it is I think if, if Bowman didn't make that Panarin deal, if he didn't sign Seabrook to that huge contract, you didn't deal Jarmelson, you didn't do all these things. I think maybe Chicago is a little bit set up better than what they are currently. Not, I think I know. And I mean, that's rough for a coach, right? Because when, when your team's losing games, the first person that you kind of look to is a coach, but not, it's not always the case. Uh, I'm I'm okay with the firing. I don't think Chicago was good last year. I don't think they're that good this year. Like you said, I don't think they're winning a cup this year. This could be a new change, see if they're going to go in the right direction. But, I mean, I, that team's kind of a shit show when it comes to uh, cap salary and management along those lines. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I guess I'll switch it up a little. What do you think? What do you, uh, Jeremy called in. He's 33 years old. He was a second-round pick in the best draft ever. Shout-out you, Jessamine. Um, bounced around the AHL as a captain. Then he coached in Sweden for, like, years. I know that, like, young coaches are, like, hot in the streets right now. Bradley's on uh, Boston, Danny Ainge, go Celtics. Then you have in the NFL, Sean McVay with the L.A. Rams. He's just letting his dick fly. He's got gel in his hair. Mm-hmm. Um and now you get this 33-year-old in Chicago. Are you buying or selling this? Uh, shit, man. I don't I, I don't know. I, I think it's too soon. I know that they've lost a ton of games in a row, so Blackhawk fans are immediately probably scrambling and shit like that, but I would at least give the guy a chance, right? You can't just really judge on the first couple games. I'm sure there was a whole lot of shit going on in that locker room. Like, I don't know if they expected that to happen because that was kind of out of nowhere, right? Like I didn't really hear his name be brought up. I heard... Uh, the guy from the Blues, uh, the Flyers, the Kings. The Kings guy ended up getting fired. I heard those guys on the chopping block, but not so much with Chicago. Um, I don't know. I, it's it, it's confusing time if you're a Blackhawks fan. They That Panarin deal looks terrible. Seabrook contract. Seabrook's having a little bit better of a year, but not the best contract to have. And I think this is what happens when you have guys like Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, where you have to like sign these guys. But at some point, they're going to get old. And it's really not even on them, like, right this second. Patrick Kane's still a fucking hell of a player. Jonathan Taves has more goals this year at this time than he did last year. Like, he's bounced back. He's a great captain. Everybody has nothing wrong to say about him. But when you have, I mean, what, they have $20 million tied up with two people? But you have you have to make those deals because if you don't make those deals when you're winning the Cups, it's like your fans are going to be like, what the fuck are you doing, right? Right, yeah. I this new coach is like Patty Kane. Say Patty Kane has a long shift, but he's feeling out there. Coach tries to yank him off. Do you think Patrick Kane tells this guy to, like, pound sand? No, I don't think – I think that's the one thing about this. Uh, there there probably are teams in the NHL where that wouldn't have happened, but I think Chicago with their leadership with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, I know that they they can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, they have pretty good leadership there. That's the one thing that I wouldn't be, like, concerned about. Yeah, the one thing I would – and I agree with that. They're good leaders, but – like, Kane, Keith, and Taze, like, I feel like they have just as much say as this guy. Like, I'm probably way off base, but, like, Coach Q was such a legend that, like, no matter what he said, they were going to respect him. But, like, <laughs> this kid's kind of got – I feel like they're they're obviously going to give him the room and they're going to, you know, behave, I guess is the fucking word I'm looking for. But make them earn it a little bit too at the same time like you got to earn those guys respect like they've built those are the guys that turn that franchise around you know what i mean like q's an unbelievable coach but at the end of the day if they don't have tane k's keith and seabrook they don't win shit no yeah for sure and shout out to coach q i'll never forget the one time i think it was a penalty or something and there's that one uh picture of him standing behind the bench just like grabbing his junk pretty much telling the refs to suck it all-time moment for me. I love that shit. Uh, you would love, dude. You, you love that dude. Yeah, moving on. This is another huge story. The Ottawa Senators, uh, the Uber video. We, we talked about it a little bit uh, when I interviewed Joey and Matt, but I haven't heard what you had to say about this. There are a bunch of Ottawa Senators guys ripping their head coach, their team. Uh, Matt Duchesne said he hadn't paid attention for three weeks. The next day, they they have some of the players talk to the press. Not a single one of those players was a guy in that cab. Uh, 
and they play the Devils, and there's an Uber ad on the Jumbotron. That's I don't know why. And now it's coming out saying that the uh, Ottawa Senators aren't allowing some of the people of the press to like be around. Uh, Senators growing no-fly list is TSN's Brent Wallace, who asked Eugene Melnick about a report about the Sens withholding bonus money from employees. Melnick denied the allegation. Once the cameras were turned off, bystanders saw him turn to Wallace and say, I'm going to bury you. Ottawa Senators, big, <laughs> big shit show. It's it's crazy. I need your full takes on this entire situation. What do you have? All right. I'll try to keep it short and sweet because I feel like this has been talked over to death for the past week, and if you already touched on it too. One, and I think the takeaway that everyone has, like players are going to bitch. Like It's really not that big of a move. Like, it's not, like, that crazy of a move. Like, I don't think less of any of these players. Like, literally every hockey player ever has done this at mm-hmm. a certain point. Two, though, on the flip side, that assistant coach needs to get the fuck out of there. Um, I don't know, man. Like, obviously, like, that happens everywhere. And you know your player, you, but, like, they just ripped his power play and, and PK apart. Like, that dude, like, can you imagine, like, what that dude's thinking? It's like... <laughs> 30 seconds left in the game, coach calls a timeout, the players go over to the bench, and they hand this guy the fucking clipboard. He's about to draw up a play, and he looks over, and Matt Duchesne's picking his nose, looking up into the bleachers. Dude, that's brutal. <laughs> so I don't know how I don't know how that plays out. Three, uh, I'm just so happy it happened to Ottawa, dude. Like, what are the odds, right? I don't know right, if that yeah. was your takeaway, too. Like, what yeah. are the chances that this is the team – the team happened to. I don't know what your favorite moment of the clip of the whole video was. I don't know if it was Duchesne saying that stuff. But my favorite moment of the clip, and it wasn't even funny, it's just when he asked what team they played for, and the one guy was like, Ottawa. <laughs> We're on Ottawa. <laughs> you like mumbled. Like perfect opening. Right, dude, he like mumbles it so the cab driver has to ask him what team it was again because he's so <laughs> fucking embarrassed. Yeah, but I mean, uh, Melnick. Uh, I didn't know anything about that last stuff that you just talked about. I love it. I'm gonna um, bury you. <laughs> I'm gonna bury you, dude. Like the old, like the fact that Melnick's still saying he's gonna bury people. Like the only person getting buried in that town right now is Melnick. But he does. I think he lives in like an alternative universe, and it's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I think on my list of people to get on this podcast, Eugene Melnick is number one. Yeah, I I just I don't understand like what this guy's fucking thinking like. I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's poetry that it happened to the Ottawa Senators compared to any other team. You know what I mean? Like, you know. Yeah, do you know how Eugene Melnick got rich? I don't know. Oh, he's, a, oh, he's pharmaceuticals, dude. I, I just like can't. like The one thing that always blows my mind with people like this is this dude's rich. Like This dude got rich. He's a billionaire. Like, how has this dude made so much money? How has no one been like, does everyone know Eugene Melnick's the stupid per- stupidest person in the room right now? Like, yeah, I don't know. Money, money great, talk. All-time video. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Milan Lucic had a hearing for going after Matthew Joseph. <laughs> he was fined $10,000. Um, fuck, man. What, what do you have on this? Like, I'll get into it afterwards. What do you have on it? This pissed me off so much. This yeah. pissed me off. More than anything, you know, I guess at the end of the day, $10,000, who really cares? But what pissed me off, and I think this is one of your heroes or zeros of the week, was the internet's reaction, acting like this was one of the dirtiest plays ever. Like, 10 years ago, when Lucic was on the Bruins, like, at the beginning of his career, I remember he, one time, he chased Commissaric across the ice, grabbed him by the back of the neck, and ripped him down as hard as he could, took his glove off, and started pounding him. Yeah. Pounding him. All he did is emasculate this guy. And what's this What's this kid's name? Matthew Joseph. Your career is over, pal. <laughs> I, he got noogied. He got face washed. No, I mean, dude, that was like such a bullying moment. It was, if anything, find him because he made that guy feel like such a loser, not because of any like injury. Like that was harmless. He stood up for his teammate. That's exactly what we talk about on this podcast is like, What's missing from hockey isn't necessarily, like, just, like, pure, like, enforcers and fighting. It, the thing that I miss is just guys sticking up for each other and, like, fighting and, like, and like cranking the energy up. Like, this is what we need. Like, this is what takes away headshots. You want to get rid of headshots? Puss fans on Twitter? This is what does it. 
Guys don't want to throw dirty hits when Milan Lucic is running around grabbing them and fucking giving them wedges. Yeah, I think this just kind of goes to show that, like, the people who don't like this, the people who are sensitive about this, are, are kind of running the league, right? Like, if George Peros didn't do this, there would have been an absolute uproar. And I would have loved to have been a fly in the wall listening to George Peros call Milan Lucic and Milan pick up and be like, what's up? And George be like, Milan, you know I have to call you. If I don't call you, I'm going to get a lot of trouble. How's it going? Like, what did that guy? What was that guy saying to you when you're on top of him? That had to have been pretty funny, right? Like, I feel like there was no actual, like, discipline within that phone call. It was just kind of like Milan knew he had to call. George knew he had to call. But I don't think that's bright. Like, I had this one guy comparing it to, like, Korea and Savard and shit like that and how he got punched in the face. Like, he didn't get punched in the face, dude. He made... I mean, technically, maybe he did, but it wasn't like he was on top of him beating the fucking shit out of him because he very well could have done that. Milan Lucic was on top of him in the full mount UFC position, and if Milan Lucic wanted to hurt that fucking guy, he would have ripped him limb by limb. That was a, don't fuck with my guy anymore, do you have that? And the reverse side of it, if I'm a Tampa fan, I would have been pissed. Like, that guy's a rookie. That would have been like if he did that to Anderson or Heedle. Or, or Howden on the Rangers, I would have been fucking pretty pissed off about it. I don't think I would have been fucking screaming for a suspension, though. Like, it was definitely a penalty. It was premeditated. But at the same time, that was more or less like a, hey, welcome to the league. If you do that again, I'll kill you. Yeah, dude. And absolutely. I, it was, wasn't was anything that should have gotten a call. Twitter should have calmed down. I'm going to say this. I'm out on George Peros. George Peros is Batman's lapdog at this point. Like, I kind of dude, agree with that, too. He's, you're, he's just petting you. You are doing whatever he wants. You are rolling over and playing dead for your own career. You can hide behind the fact that you are an enforcer and you know this side of the world and you have a sick mustache. But at the end of the day, all I see is some dude with a Princeton degree acting <laughs> like a giant puss in the front office. Yeah, it's like... And and it's it's hard because I understand you want to eliminate headshots and I was okay with the Tom Wilson thing because that was like he tried to hit him in the head. I thought it started kind of going downhill on the Matheson suspension. You have a guy who trains all offseason to get as strong and as tough as he can to play fucking solid defense in the NHL and because he threw somebody down that weighed 160 pounds, he deserves to be suspended two games? No. Like, not at all. And it's just, I don't know. I think the NHL... I just don't know. All these people that bitch and complain about it, there are so many other leagues where there's no hitting that you could go and watch, like where there's no hitting, no fighting. Like watch a, a Swedish elite league, watch watch uh, women's hockey, watch all this stuff where like physicality and like fighting and shit it isn't really involved. And it's not a slant on that. It's just a completely different type of game. Like it's still fun to watch. I, I, I can see people being like, oh, Ked says – Oh, if you don't like physical hockey, watch women's hockey. Go fuck yourself, man. I love women's hockey. That that USA-Canada game, I've said this time and time again, that was one of the most fun games I've watched all year last year. So it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that if you don't want to see guys sticking up for each other, hitting, fighting, there are different fucking leagues that you can watch, and I'd rather not you try to ruin the game that I love. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I, like, I was so appalled today because... I was watching the Bruins, and they said, like, the Bruins lead the league in fighting. We have, like, seven fights, and there's been, like, no good fights. I was like, what? So, I – it sucks, man. I don't know. We talk about it every week. It's kind of pissing me off. Every week something like this happens, right? And it's it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, let's move on to your Bruins. You have two two stories here. David Pasnak has 15 goals in 16 games. You texted me, can he hit 50 goals? It's going to be hard, but, I mean, that guy's fucking unreal, right? Like, he gets the puck and he can shoot, he can dance, he's got dangles, he, he has vision, too. He's not just a goal scorer. He's the real deal. He's, he's a superstar in the NHL. Kudos to you guys for picking him. 50 goals? I don't know if he gets it this year, but I bet you by the end of his career he definitely has a couple of those. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only reason he's on pace for, like, 76 right now. Obviously, he's not going to keep that, but... Ah... Uh... I don't know. I mean, the NHL, I feel like the NHL is turning back to the 90s where, like, our leading scorers pretty soon are going to have, like, 130 points in a season. Yeah. So it seems like it's going to be pretty possible because, I mean, obviously you guys get off the hot start. You have this, you have, like, Ratanen or whatever, Rantanen and McKinnon and all these other guys putting up huge points. I say yes, but I'm biased as fuck. Um, fuck, he's a great player. Tugaras took a leave of absence. Do you know why? Has that come out yet? No, no one knows why. 
he hasn't really performed all that well this year. Maybe that has That's something terrible. to do with it. Um, but he takes a leave of absence. But you have Yaroslav Halak through 10 games. He's 5-1-2 with two shutouts, a 9.42 save percentage, and a 1.7 goals against. I mean, you guys got to feel pretty good that you have that at least until Tuca gets back or figures his shit out. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, still Team Tuca, baby. That's my guy. Uh, it's kind of like an abusive relationship. Kind of lets you down, but you always come back for the good times. Still think the good times are there. It pretty much happens every year. I don't know what's going on with him. Hope he's all right. But, like, Yaroslav Lack has been great. But, like, I don't want Yaroslav Lack starting game one in the playoffs. That's terrifying. Like, I don't need that. At the end of the day, the reason I am Team Tuka is because I need Tuka to be good for the Bruins to win. Like, we can't go in there with Yaroslav Lack and act like we're going to have a great playoff run. So, Hopefully he's all right, dude. I don't know what's happening. He had like a pretty sarcastic response that people got really pissed off about after they lost eight to five, where Halak let in like five goals and then he came in, let in three, and they asked him about it and he said he was just trying to make sure they didn't get to ten. So that was kinda like he said that, the press conference ended, and then he was on a leave of absence and then the team had a thirty minute meeting before practice and Bergeron and Chara had a closed door conversation with Cassidy and Tuco was gone. So I don't know what the fuck's happening. Closed door meetings, dude. Uh oh. Yeah. Trouble in Bruins land or what? Already. I feel like I feel like the Blackhawks had a closed door meeting. The Bruins have. I mean, they're coming in hot right now. I didn't know about the the closed door meeting thing would fucking freak me out a little bit. But I mean, Bergeron and Char are the two guys that you would want in that meeting. So. <sighs> I don't know, man. We'll see what happens, but hopefully, hopefully he's all right. Yeah, my favorite story of the week, uh, U14 Ukraine hockey moms come out with a super sexy calendar. The one goalie mom is pretty much naked. There's 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 boobs everywhere. They look great. Um, I don't know what is going on here. Like, I guess my first question, I've never seen a youth hockey team with so many hot hockey moms on it. Are they that hot? I, a couple of them are. A couple of them are absolute smokes. Oh, what? Yeah. I mean, what do you have on this? Can you imagine being fucking 14? You and your mom has her shirt off with your gold goalie gear, and it's like taking like a seductive picture. I would, I'd probably quit. I mean, it's a tough look for sure. You got to think their opponents bought out all their calendars. I mean, they probably got everything for free this year. It's not bad marketing. Like, can you buy those? Did you buy one? I didn't buy one. Somebody read our blog and was like, tweeted at us. He's like, hey, I've been looking everywhere for these. Do you know how to, you know where to buy one? Asking for a friend. <laughs> I, would, I don't know. I would like a copy. I feel like that's historic. I will say, little surprise to Ukraine. I feel like we've talked about this way back on the podcast, but when we were younger, there was like this group of Ukrainian kids that came yeah. and like lived with all these kids from our area while they were at this tournament, and they were just fucking savages. They were stealing shit from stores. They were like probably boozing, but we were too young to know what's happening, jerking off all over the place. <laughs> and they were like eleven years old, and it was like whoa, like what goes on in this country? So now that now that I just said that out loud, looking at this calendar, it kind of makes sense. Ukraine is just a crazy ass place. Yeah. And, and uh, shout out, because I think one of the girls that came here to play ended up being the captain at Harvard. So, when oh, stars, yeah, when the stars connect, they connect. Uh, report just came out on Hockey Night in Canada. The Toronto Maple Leafs have told teams to start putting together offers for William Nylander. I'm so over this. Like, do you think they just told teams to do that? Or do you think this is just another, like... Sign them or fucking trade them. I don't want to talk about this every fucking week with a new goddamn report that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty funny tonight, going back to Pasternak, who makes 6.75 and Nylander's asking for 8. It's like, dude, like, look at that. Look at yourself. Look what you're doing to your team. Like, your stock is plummeting. The Leafs, I don't know if the Leafs put this out here. Like, oh, like, we're, we're going to trade you, like, to try to make them sign. Because I feel like his trade value is at an all-time low anyway. Like, I don't get it. I don't Yeah, either. just sign. Yeah, just fucking get... William Nylander is starting to become, like, like one of my worst people to root for now. Like, I just... Aren't I don't like him Aren't you a huge Nylander guy, though? Uh, Michael a Michael Nylander guy I am. His dad wouldn't have done this shit. His dad would have fucking skated circles through the goddamn neutral zone to get his contract signed. William I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure his dad did hold out. Yeah, well, not for this long, dude. 
Tomas Placanic finally fucking retired, dude. He was waived, then he retired. And 1,001 NHL games, 233 goals, 330, wow, 375 assists for 608 points. Placanic's gone. The turtleneck has been put to rest. What do you have on this? I mean, dude, who cares? Yeah. That's what I have on this is that Placanics is acting like he retired. It's like, no, dude, they basically called you like, hey, uh, we're going to waive you so you can either go to the AHL or you can retire. And he was like, I'm out. Like, this isn't some honorary moment. You you packed your turtleneck up back to Montreal in the offseason, thought it was going to be great. Claude Julien was like, get that shit out of here. Now you're going back to the Czech Republic, zero cups in hand, a stupid goatee and a smirk on your face. So good riddance. I, I Honestly, though, as a Bruins fan, he tortured me for years. So I think – my thing is, if he was waived and then retired, does that mean that it saved the Canadians money? I mean, I don't think he was really making dick anyway. Yeah, but if if they saved him any money, I think that's kind of cool. Um, last one, Larry Brooks was honored. You wrote this down. What do you have to talk about this? Uh, I just want – it's your favorite journalist. They did a big uh, ceremony for him in Toronto. He's going into the Hockey Hall of Fame, winning an award. Just an unbelievable journalist, a guy who's not afraid to ask the tough questions than <laughs> New York Rangers. So what do you have on Larry Brooks? I mean, uh, he's easily the most hated media member of the New York Rangers by the team, I think, ever. Right? Like, when Dan Boyle, reti- <laughs> when Dan Boyle retires and pretty much tells you to go fuck yourself, that's kind of a rough look. Um, I, think it, I think his writing's gotten a little bit better, I guess. I don't know. He's been around for a while. Congratulations to him. He's been covering this Ranger team through the ups and the downs. Like, kudos wow. to you, I guess. Big Rangers fan or Brooks fan. That was nice, dude. Good for you. Yeah. All right. Now we are going to move on to our Twitter questions, Drake. Yeah. Trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. All right. Twitter question time. This one guy wanted us to talk about Carey Price and the surprising starts for the Habs. Um, Carey Price really hasn't played all that well this year. He has like an 842 save percentage, three goals against, 3.07. Uh, I don't really know what's going on. I guess that somebody asked Marty Baron today who the best goalie in the NHL is, and he said Carey Price. I still think he can find it. I don't know. Um, the Habs That was Martin Broder, dude. Yeah, didn't I say that or no? You said Marty Baron. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, sorry. Thomas Hurdle. Um, yeah, Marty Broder said that. The Habs, I, they've they've actually played pretty well. Max Domi is playing like the Max Domi that everybody thought he was going to play like when he was drafted. Um, I'm I'm not even going to pretend like I know how to pronounce their first round pick name of last year, the center. He's fucking really good. They played the Rangers a couple nights ago, and he he stood out. That kid, I think, is going to be fucking legit. And they're doing all this without Weber, who's going to be coming back at some point later this season. Um. I can't. I don't know if the Habs are legit, man. They always have like those really small, fast, like weird players that you don't really know much about, like Brian Flynn or like Byron, and you have Gallagher, who's always going to be fucking mixing it up. Uh, Joel Armia just he's out six to eight weeks because Brendan Smith need him, so that's that's kind of a, a rough look. Um, Petrie's good, I guess. I don't know. What what do you have on the Habs? Yeah, I think I think they're peaking a little early. Like I don't think they're this good of a hockey team um i think i do think that carrie price will probably find his game again like those numbers that you read are not carrie price but it's claude julian he has a shitty team and he's probably making them play their defensive game get the puck out and get pucks on net and it's working for them they do have some pretty interesting forwards but i mean their d sucks i guess jeff petrie's a good player like i'm still not really sold on that but like he always he's has good, good numbers yeah He's he's like a solid player. He just he's never really been a part of like a legit defensive core, I guess. But he's yeah, pretty re- fucking good. But Jordy Ben and like Carl Alsen are a couple losers back there, so I don't know. I, I I don't see them making the playoffs. But if I was a Habs fan, I would be happy with some of the guys. Like Domi was a great trend. I mean, we shit on uh, yeah that deal. Yeah, there's um, Domi was a good deal. Tatar. People thought they didn't get enough for Pecanic. Tatar is a good player. I'm not sold on Druin, even though he's having a pretty good year. That was still a dumb trade on their part. But, I mean, they have some young pieces there that aren't that bad. I guess it's not as shitty as people thought. 
Yeah, I, I think they're missing a, a superstar, too, to kind of put them over the edge. I mean, I, I wouldn't call... Some people call Patriotty superstar. I want to call him, like, a bona fide superstar. When's the last time the Canadians had somebody on their team where it was like, oh, fuck. Like, Kovalev? Maybe, like, maybe when Kovalev was still super good. Yeah, that, that would be my guess. Like, he was probably the last one. Yeah, other than that, it's really just been Carey Price. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for the Twitter questions. Now we are going to move on to our Patty B hotline. Hey, this is the Patty B hotline brought to you by the Morning Skate. All right, Patty B hotline time. Patty B left two voicemails. One of them was like three minutes long, so we're not going to play that one. But the one we are going to play is the one that's 24 seconds, which is kind of in the wheelhouse. So, Pat, keep them short and sweet. Here we go. Hey, morning, team. Patty B here. I thought I left a voicemail for the last show, but my bad. So, um, here's a good question. I just watched the Ice Guardians. What's one goon you wish you would love to see come back to NHL? And Ted Avery does not count because he isn't a goon. He was his own little prick. All right, later, guys. Damn, Patty, watch the language, dude. Uh, pick one goon to come back to the NHL today. I, I think my answer is going to be, like, kind of, well, duh. But a guy that I didn't really get to see play, like Bob Probert, like, everybody talks about, like, how fucking tough and, and amazing this guy was. And I'm not saying he wasn't. I just didn't really ever get to see him play hockey, I guess. So I would pick that guy because everybody fucking says that that guy was an absolute savage. That's a good one, dude. I feel like I feel like he's always considered the number one like goon fighter. Um, I'm gonna go with McSorley because yeah, if Marty McSorley was back in the show, he would be Twitter's number one enemy. If okay, here's a hypothetical: if Marty McSorley knocked Donald Brashear in the head with his stick like a baseball bat in today's NHL, would he go to jail? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to remember that play. I definitely I remember him hitting him in the head, but did he really like baseball swing or he just kind of like hit him in the right spot? He clubbed him. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't good. Yeah, he probably would have went to jail for that. Do you remember when? Do you remember when Chara hit Patrick and Montreal wanted Chara to go to jail, and that was like a thing? Yeah. If that was like this year, I'm telling you, like people, like it would be a lot more serious. Yeah, it's just and it, it has to do with everybody fucking just crying over and over and over again on Twitter and social media. Social media is fucking ruining this league. It's the bottom line and fucking sucks, but is what it is. Thanks, Patty B. For... On social media. Yeah, but like, I'm I'm not fucking bitching about changing the game. I'm bitching about telling people to shut up. <laughs> uh, if you want to call in, five one eight three zero nine two five nine five. That's five one eight three zero nine two five nine five. Leave us a voicemail. We love when you guys do that. Now we're going to move on to Lee Stepniak's Heroes and Zeros, brought to you by Lagos Sports. How do you augment that young group with a veteran player that brings stability, adds a little scoring punch, and has been around the block to make a difference? Tonight's focus is on that guy, number 21, Lee Stepniak. All right, Heroes and Zeros time. Zero of the week goes to myself. Um, I kind of just realized that like there are so many people out there I'm going to call them idiots, but I'm going to try not to, that I just I disagree with because they're just not smart, I guess. I don't know. I just There's so many fucking people out there that rattle my cage, and I have to learn how to stay off of our Twitter and argue with them because it makes no sense. So I think from now on, if somebody says something stupid, I'm just not going to say anything back. Unless it's like, hey, Mark Stahl's the best player in the, in the league, then I'll fucking I'll tear you a new one. But other than that, I need to just fucking stay out of that because it's doing more harm than good. And, yeah, that's what I have on that. Ken put himself in the box, dude. Uh, my zero of the week is playing for their, the fucking Flint Firebirds or whatever they are in the OHL. They just won their first game. They're like 1-16. Uh, I don't know if anyone watched that documentary on Netflix. Like, everyone kills everyone in that town. There's, like, no clean water. Hold it's on, like, wait. There's, is, it, is it a hockey documentary? No, no. It's uh, on the town. Uh, but it's, it's the most, it's like the worst place in the world, uh, essentially. And it's the worst hockey team in the world. This is the team where the guy bought the team. So his son could play in the OHL a couple years ago. And then he ended up selling it and all the coaches got fired and shit. There's a kid, there's a kid on their team this year, like Della, Della Androvo or something like that. He's a first round pick. I think 13th overall of the stars. Um, he's like a point per game player and they're like historically the worst team in the OHL ever so like 
if you had a prospect on that team and he was their captain and he was the best player on the worst team ever, would you be pumped or would you be rattled? No, I'd be like, trade him now. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want him anywhere near that. Is that yeah, wrong? It's a shit show, dude. I just I can't I I can't imagine playing there. Being like sixteen years old, being from like Thunder Bay, Ontario, you grew up with stall posters on your walls and you worked on like a milk farm and then like you get drafted in the OHL and they're like, You're going to fucking Flint Pal and you go there and it's just like boarded up houses and shit and like and you can't win a hockey game. It sounds like the worst time ever. That sucks, dude. Like, you finally make it to the OHL, right? Like, holy fuck, I'm playing legitimate hockey. Like, I'm playing legit junior. If I see a girl and tell her I play in the OHL, she's like, holy shit. And then she asks you, what team do you play for? And then you say Flint. And then she immediately just turns around and walks away. That sucks. That sucks. It also... Is there a, is there a worse draw in the league than getting drafted to an OHL... Uh, a junior hockey team in like OHL, WHR, the Q in America where you can't drink legally. Like all like the over age years, 18 and 19 years are going out to the bars in Canada and you're over there like playing Xbox. Yeah, that's, it's tough. I I think I would just have to keep telling myself it's still the OHL. True. Uh, My hero of the week goes to Neil Pionk. He fucking made one hell of a move in overtime the other night. A little spinorama, Chris Berman, whoop! All the way down the ice, end-to-end, cuts to the uh, middle, goes right by Carey Price, looking like Brian Leach. The Rangers are 500. Don't call it a fucking comeback. The boys are buzzing. They just beat the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets in a shootout tonight. They got a point out of the Red Wings. Watch out, man. The Rangers are buying in. I fucking love to see it. Neil Pionk, Tony D'Angelo's dropping the mitts tonight against uh, Riley Nash. Fucking beat the fuck out of them. I loved it. I love. I love our young defensemen. Uh, I love our coach. He's got great hair gel. Henrik Lundqvist is playing the best hockey he's played in the last, like, fucking three years. Oh, I love it. That's my hero. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, Tony D, dude. I was just... I love Tony D, dude. And before you say anything, there's a lot of uh, Rangers, bloggers, people that that don't particularly like Tony D because of his political statements and the shit that he got into when he was younger some stuff with his his uh he like i i don't know he didn't assault he like mentally i don't know something with a ref uh and like i guess he's not a great locker room guy and you heard about that year and year and year and he's a trump guy and all this shit and he's playing so well that these people that hated him for that are finally starting to give him some like props and that's when you know tony d is fucking playing tony d hockey if, if the Rangers lock Tony D up, hold on. If the Rangers lock Tony D up in a long-term contract, he will be my next jersey. I love him. I love him. 77, Ray Bork, dude. The only thing I'll say is that Tony D, like, he should be like a New York legend. Do you know how many Tony Ds there are out there? <laughs> in Just for Tony D. There are so many Tony D's out there that love to brawl, dude, and like he's got to be their favorite player. So I can see Tony D being on the come up. His favorite movie is Troy. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, ooh, my hero of the week, dude. I'm gonna switch it up with you. Uh, don don don. It is the seventh place Vegas Golden Knights. I'm my own hero of the week. I'm back. I was right. You were wrong. This core was never going to win a cup. Max Pacioretty, that big get that they had, oh, we'll get Pacioretty. We'll be we'll be a new team. We got a superstar sniper. 13 games, two goals, zero assists. Sucks. Wait, 13 games, he only has two goals? Yeah, no assists. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. Yeah. Stasny got injured, so their two big guys are, aren't doing dick. Um, like I said, Arizona's the better team out there. Uh, the only team that has less points than them in the Western Conference is L.A. Uh, they're 3-7 and seven on the road, still 4-2-1 and one at home. But, I mean, oh, you're trying to tell me that riding Marc-Andre Fleury's coattails isn't going to get you to the Stanley Cup two years in a row? The gig's up. Yeah. Good for you. What do you dude. think? You said they were going to make the playoffs. Do you think they're going to come back? Uh, I mean, if Matt Patrick is only scoring two goals in thirteen games, no, <laughs> for sure not. I didn't know it was that bad. I, they're digging themselves a bigger, bigger hole, right? Like, I don't know. 
I think I'm out on the nights now. So oh, welcome to the bandwagon. Uh, real quick before we get into our three stars, I just wanted to drop this stat on you because I saw this the other day and it fucking pissed me off. The guy who said that he lost his love for the game in Buffalo uh, goes to St. Louis. Ryan O'Reilly, eight goals, twelve assists for twenty points in fourteen games on the St. Louis Blues. Does that surprise you? Yeah, kind of. I had no idea. Yeah, I. Yeah, that pisses me off, dude. He almost has. He almost has our. He has eight goals this year. Last year he had thirteen. Yeah. Oh my God! Look. Wait. Nope. I lied. I lied. That was wrong. He had twenty four last year. That was his rookie year. My bad. But in fourteen games, he has twenty points. Last year, he had sixty one and eighty one games played. I just uh, that pissed me off. So I just wanted to say that. Fuck Ryan O'Reilly. All right. Uh, three stars time. Here we go. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. All right, three stars of the week. Guys, guess what? It snowed. It snowed up in upstate New York. So our three stars are our top three, wow, top three things to look forward to about winter. Um, I'll go first. My third star. I'm going to go. It's it's pea coat season, bitch. I love, I love wearing a pea coat. Nice little button down. You have the peacoat, nice pair of boots. People think you're classy as shit. They don't even realize that, like, you're not. So I'm a big peacoat guy. Third star, peacoats. Yeah, peacoats are nice. So are layers. I'm a big layer guy. Um, my third star, ripping the e-brake, burnouts, yeah. seeing a fresh patch of ice or snow, and just saying, let's let it rip. Just heading to the um, parking lot, dude. Nothing like fucking gripping it and ripping it. It brings you back, like, to being, like, 16 years old when your buddies would, like, rip an e-brake and go into some trees and you just brush it off and keep your, keep on moving. Like, if that happened today, I'd be so fucking rattled. Yeah, right, dude. But That's a good number one. three, rip an e-brake. Again, again, a little loose in turn four. Uh, my second star of the week, frozen spitter season. Uh, if, if you chew and you have spitters in your car when it's 100 degrees outside and you go to open that spitter, it's it's the worst thing in the entire world. Come wintertime, they're frozen, and it's like you have a brand new fucking spitter. So, uh, save, saving some saving spitters, frozen spitters. Number two, frozen spitters. It's a good one. Um, my number two is walking out of a bar. It's like a thousand degrees in the bar. You've been in there for oh, like yeah. two hours. Yeah. Maybe you're in the boom boom room. You walk outside. Some people might complain, but it's like two degrees out you can see your like you can see your breath in front of you and it feels so good for a few minutes it's like oh my god it's like uh taking an ice bath after a game yeah that's that is a good one we've we've spent <laughs> that one video man of you outside that one bar is probably an all-time video of mine i won't share it though uh my number one star packing lips and shoveling there's nothing like fucking turn on your favorite morning skate podcast putting in the headphones going outside Packing a lip and getting some shoveling done, dude. It makes me feel like I'm the man of the house. It makes me feel like I'm the captain of the goddamn pirate ship. And you, you just get your work done. You get inside. It's a little bit warm. You got some cocoa maybe if you're feeling a little bit frisky. Uh, so my number one star. I actually enjoy shoveling, which is weird. But just packing a lip and shoveling would be a number one star. That's why I think you should get your truck run and get a plow on it. Become a plow guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'd be into that. The other thing. The other thing I'll add on that too, and this might be weird, it's kind of like the reverse of walking out of the bar, but when you go back inside and you have to like take all your wet clothes off, that's a pretty good feeling too. Yeah, yeah, especially, well, I I disagree. I think the initial feeling kind of sucks because you're all wet and shit, but when whenever you're fucking, when you go from being wet and like gross to putting on some like comfortable ass shit inside of a house, there's no better feeling. Absolutely. Um, my number one star is Rumpelman's. Every year, every year, I don't really live. I don't live at home anymore. So I'll go home for the holidays to see the boys. And every year, I buy one bottle of Rumplemints. It's the only bottle I'll buy all year, and I black out in one night on it. And it happens every year. So we go to JC Penny and get our pictures taken, dude. So, so Rumplemints is back, and then I'll throw up about it and never drink it again until next year. But that one Rumplemints day, like, there's something about that drink that. Just brings the holiday season out and, and everyone. Yeah, just and it's just begging for it, right, dude? It's like <laughs> I'm fucking ready. Rumplemints is like daring you. Like you're looking at the bottle, and it's like you won't, you won't fucking do it. 
Right. It, you just have that. It hit, hits you with that warm feeling, and you walk into a bar, and you're like, "Sure, I'll do like twelve Irish car bombs in a row. I can handle this." Yep. And then before you know it, it's just all downhill. But the initial uphill is pretty good. It's a great uphill, yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to the Morning Skate Podcast. Do me a favor. Go on, review us on iTunes. Seriously, if you're fucking listening to this, go on iTunes, give us five stars, and tell us what you like to hear about it because. Myself has been getting into way too many Twitter wars with some absolute dickheads who have been giving us one star. So five stars, please. I appreciate it. Hal, do you have anything left? No, dude. Have a good night. All right. See you guys. Take it easy. I see the less I know the more I like to live